You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. Uh, my special guest today is USA Today bestselling author, the author of All the Summer Girls, Meg Donahue. And Meg will be uh, talking to us today about her latest book, Dog Crazy. So we're excited to talk to Meg about the book and uh, also talk to Meg a little bit about her writing processes and how she puts the uh, magic in all these books. So it's going to be a great show. So everybody, hang tight. We'll be right back to talk to Meg Donahue right after these messages. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free, and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo! Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. And joining me now is author Meg Donahue. Meg, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a blast. I'm, I'm so glad you're here today. We're excited to talk to you about the book. So tell us a little bit about Dog Crazy. Sure. Dog Crazy is a novel. It is my third novel. It's set here in San Francisco, which is where I live. And it is about a pet bereavement counselor, which is a, a counselor, sort of like a therapist, who speaks to people who've lost their, their pets and are having trouble grieving for them. And the secret that Maggie, the pet bereavement counselor's patients, don't know, really very few people in the world know, is that Maggie is actually agoraphobic, which is something she's been dealing with ever since her own dog died. And so she's meeting with patients in her in her home, and she's able to really help her patients, but she's having a lot of trouble helping herself, ironically. And into her life walks a young woman, a patient, um, really a girl, who has has recently lost her dog. She claims that her dog literally is just lost or perhaps even stolen, but her family wants her to grieve this dog and, and realize that the dog very likely isn't coming back and it's time to move on with her life. And, and the girl really refuses to do this. And the only way for Maggie to help this girl is to go out into the streets of San Francisco and talk to her while she looks for her missing stolen, perhaps dead dog. And so there's sort of a mystery element to it where Maggie and this girl roam the streets of San Francisco and we find out eventually what has happened. And Maggie obviously has to come face to face with her own condition and issues in order to help this girl out in the world. Um, There's also a love story, but I'd say overall, it's very much about the dog-human bond written about with with humor, and even though there's some sadness, it's it's an uplifting, fun page-turner. Absolutely. And if a dog's involved, there's got to be a love story in there somewhere, right? Of course. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) You touched upon it briefly. Uh, So first of all, writing the book, 
you know, what inspired you to write the book? Because it sounds like there's a, a lot of elements in here. Did you pull from real life experiences or was it, uh, how'd you go about your research for the book? Well, you know, in each of my books, this is the first book I've written that really puts the dog-human relationship right in the, in the forefront. That's what this book is really about. And the other books that I've written have each had dogs in some sort of supporting role. But with this book, I really wanted to make the dog-human bond the, the central theme of the, of the book. And unfortunately, I think that loving a dog sort of comes hand-in-hand hand with losing a dog. You know, one of the things that someone said that the only bad thing about a dog is how short their, their lives are. And I think that's, that's very, very true. And so, you know, when I was thinking about that, I sort of came up with this idea of a therapist who speaks to people who are having trouble getting over losing a dog. And then I ended up meeting with a pet bereavement therapist here in San Francisco. And really, when I was in the very early stages of thinking about the book, and it turned out that our meeting was completely fascinating to me, and she recommended some some other books for me to read, and it just made me all the more excited to go down this path of, of developing this story. And certainly in my own life, I am a huge, a huge dog lover, and I wanted to write especially about, you know, the book is fiction. All of the human characters are fictional, but I would say that the dog characters have some non-fictional elements, especially the, the main dog in the book who bears a very strong resemblance to the dog I call my dog soulmate, <laughs> mm-hmm. who passed away about five years ago, and I still think about every day, and... So the book for me was sort of a way to commemorate his life in a lot of ways and to think about him. And so that's really, those are the two, the two things that inspired me really were, were this one particular dog I had and also just wanting to write about the way people feel about their dogs. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's important, you know, in my the work that I do with my clients, you know, I do a lot of work with lost and missing animals, stolen animals. And then I also uh, do a lot of uh, grief counseling for, for people. And, uh, you know, I think you did a great job with the book in a lot of aspects, but in, in particular, the fact that so often when a dog goes missing after a certain period of time, it's natural for our friends and family to say, hey, you know, he's probably moved on. He's probably passed on, you know, move on, trying to get us out of the fact that we're missing our dog and trying to tell us that we should now grieve. And did you find it through any of your uh, talking to the uh, bereavement counselor, uh, the specialist and uh, your other research you did, did you find out that that's a a normal thing? Do do they deal with that quite often? They do. And, you know, not just with missing dogs, with with dogs that truly have passed on, they find that a lot of their patients are being told by the people in their lives that, that there's a finite period that you should grieve for an animal. And, you know, it's not, it's not easy for everyone to understand that, that loss, whether it's, whether it's a missing dog or, or a dog that, that has died. You know, everyone has their own timeline for dealing with those things, and I think grief is hard for for everyone to deal with, whether it's grieving a person or an animal. And I think, particularly with animals, sometimes it's it's particularly hard for people to to understand, you know, how much time to allow for those feelings of loss. Or what's acceptable? That's right. And, you know, I would I would totally agree with you on that. And as you mentioned, with your uh, soulmate. A lot of people feel that, you know, they love their animals. You know, people that have animals in their life typically love them or they wouldn't have them in their lives. But there are those of us out there, many of us out there, that we believe our, our dogs and our cats and our animals are our soulmates, that they're part of our lives. Absolutely. 
absolutely. Yeah, I, you know, I feel very strongly that these connections and relationships are relationships that we should respect every bit as much as we respect the other human relationships in our lives. And we should make allowances for, for everything that has to, has to do with those relationships. That's right. That's right. So you talk about in the book about these relationships and the the bond and the uh, the connection between the human companions and the animals. Was there anything through writing the book and the whole process that solidified that more for you? Or was there one area that you would say identifies truly what the bond is between the animals and their human companions in that relationship? Well, I think, gosh, I think there are so many, so many reasons why that bond is so special and means so much to many people. You know, I think certainly there's this lack of judgment from our animals that I definitely thought about when writing the book, why, you know, people who, whether or not they have trouble connecting with other people, I think there's just something to the relationship that you can have with an animal where they're just there for you. You know, they're there to listen or cuddle or go for a run or whatever it is that, you know, brings you joy. Your animals are there for you in this way that, that hopefully you have a person in your life who's, who's there for you in a different wonderful way, mm-hmm. but maybe you don't, maybe you do. Either way, I think that that relationship with, with our animals is special. That's right. Unconditional love and, uh, yeah, they're always up for fun. So uh, that's two great right. things, right. I think. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's, you know, I can't emphasize enough that even though this book has these sad elements, because I think that unfortunately it's just part of loving a dog, it also is is a lot of fun. You know, I hope that there's a lot of humor in the book and that people find it funny because I think that dogs make us laugh. You know, that's probably my favorite thing about dogs is just, you know, no matter what you have going on in your life, I feel like, you know, if you have that the right dog, he or she is going to make you laugh. That's right. Exactly. And if your animal has made their transition, part of that grieving process is to start to heal that and start to remember all the times they made you laugh and made you happy. And soon those will be the predominant things that are part of your life, I would say, wouldn't you? I would. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's interesting hearing about how pet bereavement offer, pet bereavement counseling offers people a place to celebrate the lives of their pets. Very much as much as a place to sort of more traditionally mourn their pets. It's also mm-hmm. really a, a commemoration and a celebration. And, and it was very interesting for me personally, as I was writing the book, I felt like this book sort of became my space to commemorate this one particular dog in my life. And it felt, you know, I, there were days that I was writing and I was crying, but most of the time I was sitting there writing with a smile on my face, just loving thinking about the life of, of this particular dog. That's right. So we got to give a big shout out. So tell us the name of your baby. <laughs> His name was King Oberon, but we called him Oe, and he was a black Portuguese water dog. I got him my senior year of high school, and then I brought him to college with me, where he attended many classes with me. And then wow. we moved to New York together for uh, I would say let's see about four years, and then we moved to Chicago, and then we moved to San Francisco, and that's where he finally left me, and that's where I remain, but. But he was with me for a long, formative stretch of my life. There you go. Great long life. What a journey. What a great journey you yeah. guys had together. Yeah. That's fantastic. All right. Big shout out to OE. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right, Meg, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, everybody hang tight. We'll come back and continue our conversation with Meg Donahue after these messages. Uh, you're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. 
It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, also known as the Pet Lady. I travel from coast to coast to pet trade shows and consumer events to scout out what the hottest, hippest, and most unique pet products are on the planet, bringing you tips and tricks from top veterinarians, groomers, trainers on how to safely travel and live happily with your pets. The Pet Lady will be in a city near you, showing off the latest and greatest tech pet gadgets, cozy comforts, and fab gift ideas for man's and woman's best friend. You can learn more at thepetlady.net or connect socially and tweet with me at Pet Lady World. Brent Atwater, and I'm the Animal Reincarnation Authority. Join me every week on Alive Again and let me look at your pet's energy to determine if they're going to reincarnate. I'll be able to tell you when they're going to come back and what they look like. So send me your pet's photo and email me your question at brent at petliferadio.com. I'm looking forward to answering your questions on Alive Again. Every week only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Here with uh, author Meg Donahue talking to us about her latest, greatest book, Dog Crazy. Now, Meg, I want to talk to you a little bit about your writing process. So tell us a little bit about this particular book, Dog Crazy, as far as was it more challenging now that's your third book or is it old hat for you? Tell us about the struggles or the eh, ease at how you came about putting together the book. Sure. You know, I think with this book, because I have this enormous respect for the way people feel about their dogs, it was really important to me to quote unquote get it right. And I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to make sure that that it was the book it could be. And so the process ended up being being difficult for me. You know, and it took me a while to sort of find my way into this book. And then I think once I once I did, you know, maybe I don't know, maybe 3 or 4 months into the writing process, I think I finally hit my stride and then it flowed from there. Um and I sort of learned to go a little bit easier on myself on the days that the writing wasn't coming the way I wanted it to, and it flowed from there. Well, did you find that, let's talk about timelines. I know, obviously, if you have contracts, you got to hit certain timelines. But what was the length of the process for this Till you said, okay, I've got something here. I've got something that, you know, we know there's another year's worth of editing or whatever amount of months that goes into it. But how long did it take you to put it all together? It took me about a year to get to the point where I sent a full draft into my editor. And that wasn't my first full draft. I'm really hard on myself with my draft, so I take them absolutely as far as I can, which usually means several versions before I send them into my editor, and then and then once I send it into her, I go through, you know, at least 
one, if not usually two more drafts after that, and that was the case with Dog Crazy as well. So I would say it took took about a year and then and then some, some editing beyond that. But I always start with an outline. That's the first thing that I do. I'm one of those writers that, that really uses an outline and, and I tend to stick pretty pretty close to it and I find that that really helps, you know, in the days that I'm feeling a bit lost, I can just look at the outline, remember that I do have this trajectory and things change along the way sometimes. But, but yeah, I start I start with an outline and and go from there. That's that's great. Would you call yourself a, a daily writer or a writer that forces themselves to write daily or just whenever the uh, whimsical thought ideas pop in your mind? Uh, no, I'm definitely a, a forced, almost daily writer. I wouldn't say daily, but I, I actually have three young children. I have three girls who are five and three and 11 months. And Ooh. so I have a certain amount of time every day that is set aside for my work, for my writing, and puts a lot of pressure on me to make sure I'm, you know, sitting down in my chair and getting that writing done because um, in the afternoon I'm back, back on with the kids. So I don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of time for just letting the, you know, the muse strike me. It has to happen at certain moments, which I think is actually kind of good for my personality. I think having, having that structure is, and pressure is actually helpful for me. Wow. So is it a, something like a 4 a.m. to 5 a.m. type structure that you put yourself into? Oh, gosh, into? no. That would be really hard. <laughs> I'm, not that, I'm not that disciplined. No, it's more like um, 9 to 2 every day. Oh, well, that's reasonable. That's reasonable. Yeah. I like that. I didn't know if your muse had to be woken up with a couple of uh, strong shots of coffee or not. So that's... <laughs> Well, she does, but you know, around <laughs> 9, not 4. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. Good on you. That's great. All right. Well, Meg, tell us a a little bit about where people can find the book Dog Crazy and uh, all the wonderful events and appearances and things you're going to be doing. Oh, thanks. It should be available at all of your local stores and all of the usual big box stores and online just about everywhere. My website is www.megdonohue.com and I do have all the places that it's for sale on there, but you know, pretty much anywhere books are sold, you'll find it. And I have quite a few events all in the Bay Area coming up, including a, a fundraiser for a no-kill shelter coming up just on March 8th. That's great. And, and then my big launch event is March 12th um, at Books, Inc. in San Francisco. So if anybody's in the Bay Area and wants to stop by and see me, please take a look at my website. There are a bunch of events listed there. I'd love to say hello. Absolutely. That sounds great. Everybody go to uh, MegDonahue.com, and I'm sure you're on Facebook and all those wonderful places. Yeah. Definitely go to those events. Go to the official launch on uh, the 12th, and also definitely uh, support our rescue organizations, and that's great of you to, to be able to do that, Meg. Good on you. Yeah, I'm really excited about that aspect of the book. Quite a few of my events have a benefit aspect to them that for some of the sales to go to these rescue organizations, which I'm just thrilled about. Absolutely. Well, that's how I like to do things, too, and that's how we like to do it at Pet Life Radio. So big kudos to you. Great. All right. Well, everybody go pick up a copy of Dog Crazy by Meg Donahue. It's a great read, a great story. Have a couple of tissues, but also have a, a lot of laughs in there, too. So it's great. Meg, thanks so much for coming on the uh, Animal Rights Show on Pet Life Radio. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Um, our pleasure. Well, we're uh, coming to the end of the show today. Uh, so I'd like to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Uh, also like to thank our sponsors and producers for making this show possible. 
To find out more about me, Tim Link, and the other guests I've interviewed on the Animal Rights Show, you can visit me at PetLifeRadio.com and click on the Animal Rights icon and download all these wonderful episodes. And while you're there, be sure to check out all the other wonderful hosts and shows on Pet Life Radio. It's PetLifeRadio.com. If you have any questions for me or comments or ideas for the show, please email me. You can email me at Tim at PetLifeRadio.com. That's Tim at PetLifeRadio.com, and I'll be glad to answer your questions, entertain your comments, and bring on the people you want to hear from most onto the show. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Share it in a blog, an article, or in a book. Who knows? You may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.